How many times have you wished your kid came with a manual? When we are unsure as parents, there are so many conflicting opinions that it's overwhelming to know which way is best. Even when we're intentional, situations change, which require us to be flexible and remodel our styles to meet the needs of our families. I created this podcast to share principles and strategies that I have used in counseling and education to help parents prioritize authenticity, connection, and purpose with their kids. Welcome to Remodel Parenting. Hi, everyone. In this new series, we're going to discuss communication in families and break down communication as a skill and some practical help on how to facilitate good communication in your families so that you can both grow your communication skills and also teach your children good communication from the start. Communication is one of the strongest forces in relationships. When it's strong, it is a big indication of couple and relational satisfaction. And when it's weak, it is one of the main things that can really tank a relationship. And that's relationships in general, family relationships, marital relationships, relationships between parents and children. Communication is our ability to connect with one another and use our words as a vehicle to share what's on the inside with someone else so that we can create intimacy and connection with other people. David Olson has done years of research in couple satisfaction as he has used his research to create curriculum for premarital counseling and marriage counseling and education um, after marriage. And what they found is that while a lot of the other um, the other topics that they address with couples like finances and child rearing and leisure activities and fun together and even personality, while those tend to shift around in the rankings of what indicates good couple satisfaction, year after year, number one is communication. John Gottman, one of the leading researchers in marriage and family, uh, marriage and family science in general, has a uh, has a block of teaching that he shows called the Four Horsemen of bad communication, and they are traits that are known to really destroy relationships and to be indicators and predictors of relationship failure. So communication is one of those topics with couples and families that through my career and as I've worked in couples and family counseling, that we see come up over and over and over again. And any time that I was working with couples or families, and they would bring issues in and say, this is what we're struggling with. Almost every time before we really got to the heart of the issue, we would have to address how we were communicating about it to start with. Because when communication is poor, that gets in the way from really being able to share and connect on what's happening and it keeps us from problem solving. One of the biggest shifts that has to happen for this to sink in is to change our minds from the idea that communication is some innate gifting Or is some personality-related topic that people either have or they don't have? Communication is a skill. You can get a degree in communication. That's not a, a joke or an accident. Learning to communicate with other people and how to use what we know about how people communicate to communicate better is a process that everyone can participate in. And when you start growing your skills in communication... They start working. It doesn't matter where you are in your communication journey or how long you've been practicing other types of communication that may or may not have been working or how old you are and how long you have been practicing communication. Anytime you start learning new skills, they start working when when it comes to communication for sure. 
So while some personalities and some people seem to be better at communication, one of the great pictures that I like to give is the idea that extroverts and introverts have different communication styles by nature. And while with those personality characteristics come different practices in communication and maybe different energy levels with communication, the skill base of communication is parallel and outside of personality traits. So frequently what I will hear is, well, I just wish I was more extroverted and was a better communicator or, um, or using the word introvert and people being introverted as though that makes them bad at communication. And that's could not be more false. Extroverts do tend to have giftings with being more verbal and more vocal. So they tend to be able to get what's inside out a little bit easier than introverts do. But that's not really a skill. That's a trait. Introverts, we think of as holding things in and not really putting things out there. And it is a skill to learn how to put out there what's inside. But it's really not correct to say that those are just innate to those uh, those character traits or personality traits. When introverts are unskilled, they usually just are withdrawn and do not engage with others. But when extroverts are unskilled, those are your people who tend to have a hard time recognizing that maybe they've offended someone with what they said or they just don't quite know when to stop talking. So when we think about the differences in styles, our personality traits absolutely play into the way that we communicate, but they are not indicative of our skill level. And we have to understand and learn our own styles so that we know how to build skills from where we're starting naturally. Learning or relearning to communicate can be one of the best things that we practice for our homes and one of the best ways that we can prepare our children for healthy adult relationships, for healthy relationships with us as their parents, with each other as siblings, and with their friends and other people. But communication training is interesting because to teach our children, we have to learn and decide on the practices of communication that we're going to do. It's not just about saying this is how you do things or or, here's what happens. It doesn't happen innately. Well, To an extent, it does. Our kids pick up what we do. So whatever communication you're practicing is what your kids are learning by the process of modeling. Modeling is a feature component of social learning. And we know that the number one ways that kids learn things is through watching what their parents do. So we know if there's a home where people tend to get a little bit fired up and maybe raise their voices when they're upset, that by watching that, the kids are probably going to pick up some of those same uh, same traits and same practices as they get older, even if they're told not to, because we tend to practice what we see. But planning for communication is vital, both individually and in our families. The best number one goal to approach all communication with is intentionality. And this goes for everyone. It's not just with our Uh, spouses and partners or in our marriages or in our romantic relationships. It's also about our family relationships, our work relationships with our children, the intentionality and focus on how we're going to communicate and changing our mindsets that communication doesn't just happen. It's something that we do and we practice is one of the most powerful things that we can do for ourselves and for our families. The most power that you have is how you start communication. Just like a business, if you put no planning into it, it probably won't ever get off the ground. And if you don't take the time to put enough planning into it to see it successful, it'll crash and burn. Communication is the same way. 
if you don't really think about how we're going to do communication and set the tone and the expectations in your family, then it will just go how our emotions carry us. And it will end up in a lot of fights and arguments and disruption in relationship and in a lot of frustration, not just on the parts of the kids, but really on the parts of you guys as parents. So the first commitment that that you have to make in changing your communication style is that you're going to do communication on purpose and that you're going to help your kids practice it too. So it's a commitment to a plan of communication. You learn new skills, you determine what you need to do, you practice those intentionally and teach them to your kids, and you take the time. You take the time to redo and rework and redesign and remodel how you communicate so that it builds into what you want to see happen over the course of the long haul for your family. So it does take the time stopping, rephrasing, reframing, guiding your kids, and it takes a lot of humility. In all honesty, and I'm going to shoot straight with you, teaching communication to your kids is not easy, but the hardest part about it is that it's very difficult as parents to be humble when we see the world from adult eyes and we're communicating with kids who see the world from kid eyes. And it's hard to step outside of ourselves sometimes and be humble in learning how to communicate well with our children. But our words build up or they tear down. They build up our family members and our friends, our communities. They tear people apart as well. And never do we understand that better than with what we see going on in the world right now. People are so activated and so have such a difficult time expressing themselves and communicating well and there's so much emotion driven communication that it ends up disconnecting people and severing ties and relationships that we really need for healthy functioning we don't want that in our families and so when we look at preparing our families for good communication it means that we start out teaching our young children, toddlers even, and, and children who are just acquiring language, how to express their feelings and how to share what's going on. Um, we teach our kids what is and is not okay to say, how to start difficult conversations, how to, um, how to correct someone without overstepping boundaries and guidelines on authority and respect how to share if someone has offended you, how to ask for someone to do things differently, how to express what the way that other people's actions make us feel. Those are things that I'll be honest, a lot of adults struggle with. And if we look back at the last series on family norms, I cover a lot of that and how to build those norms in your family too and structure those for your family as general practice. Um, and so if any of those things sound really difficult or scary, you might want to go back and grab one of the earlier episodes and listen to it because in this communication process, it's going to pull from a lot of those norms that we want to build in our families. So like I said, as for early kids, you're feeding them language and helping guide them in these are the ways that we say things. If you want to share this with me, this is not how we say it. This is how we say it. And taking the time and patience to practice that with your kids and let them redo and redesign it. Um, and then the same is true with school age kids. And even as they go into teen and adult years, it's being patient as they balance their emotions and figure out how to communicate honestly and regulate and, and balance themselves in the process, 
and staying humble so that we can absorb and contain what our kids are wanting to share with us and help train them in how to share it, not just try to control what they are sharing. This can feel like a daunting process. It can feel a little bit overwhelming. It can feel stressful as a parent, especially not if, but because we all struggle with communication too. We all have the things that we get flustered or we shut down. We, we struggle to put words to things or we struggle to connect it to feelings. And having the weight of teaching someone else how to do that when we ourselves may not have it all together feels can feel overwhelming. But don't let that be the thing that stands in the way. Know this, especially in communication. Our kids do not need perfect parents. They need parents who are working on it and who model a process of getting better at this and committing to being good at communicating and are committed to going back and starting over or readdressing and being humble and taking the time to reprocess it with our kids so that they can see how it works too. In the next four episodes, we're going to discuss how to structure difficult discussions, how to use emotional language to enhance communication, the practice of active listening, and the art of taking a timeout. These four episodes are going to give very practical guidelines and practical, clear steps of how to communicate differently, including how to, how to form and phrase what you want to say, how to explain if someone's really not getting how important it is to you, how to connect to make sure that you're not prolonging a discussion or making a discussion turn into a fight that it really doesn't have to be, um, and, and how to carefully take timeouts and return to them without letting things go. So I hope that you'll tune in and listen to the next four episodes. I highly encourage you to listen to them in order um, because they will connect to one another. And I look forward to going on this communication journey with you and look forward to all the growth that we'll have together. Thank you for listening to Remodel Parenting. If this has been helpful for you, share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss our weekly episodes. You can visit theremodelproject.com to sign up for our email list and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.